0: This is Solidarity News on Radio Labour.
1: This is a Radio Labour World Report recorded on Friday, May thirteenth, twenty twenty-two. I'm Mark Bolange. In the report this week, a major survey shows the power of collective bargaining around the world. How teachers are working to protect children during the pandemic. The Labour Start report about union events and singing.
2: Strain my cold and deep along the souls to keep.
1: This is Radio Labor, a survey of one hundred and twenty five countries has shown the effectiveness of collective bargaining during a crisis like the pandemic. The survey was conducted by the International Labor Organization. The ILO is the U.N.-specialized agency focused on matters of work in the world. The survey's conclusions are included in the ILO's Social Dialogue Report for 2022, which is entitled Collective Bargaining for an Inclusive, Sustainable, and Resilient Recovery. I talked to Ariel Castro about the report. Mr. Castro is a Senior Workers Specialist with the ILO's Bureau for Workers' Activities, which operates under its French acronym, ACTRAV. I asked Mr. Castro how many countries were surveyed and the extent of collective bargaining in those countries.
0: The report and the focus of the report is on collective bargaining, which we all know involves negotiations between employers and their organizations. On the other hand... And trade unions on the other, which typically results in a collective agreement or contract that sets terms and conditions of work. These agreements facilitate equality and inclusion and contribute to safe and healthy workplaces and can be a source, an important source of resilience. This flagship report uh, we're talking about is based on a review of the existing legal and regulatory framework in 125 countries data on the coverage of collective agreements in 98 countries and research into uh, collective agreements and practices in about 80 countries in all all the regions of the world and with employers and workers' organizations. Three themes are addressed by the report. First is that developments in respect of the effective recognition of the right to collective bargaining for all workers and uh, the regulatory coverage of collective agreements is there. The report finds that there has been progress around the world. For example, the coverage of domestic workers, public sector workers, workers in agriculture and export processing zones, and platform workers are enjoying the right to collective bargaining. Based on the data for 98 countries, one in three workers around the world have their terms and conditions of work set by a collective agreement. And there's like a diversity in terms of the collective bargaining coverage here for example, 1% in Cambodia and Thailand to 98% in countries like Austria, France, and Italy. And where bargaining takes by a single employer, an average of 15.8% of employees are covered by collective agreements. And where it takes place in multi-employer bargaining arrangements involving employers, organizations, and trade unions at sectoral and other levels, an average of 71% of employees have their terms and conditions of employment set by collective agreements. These, in particular countries and settings, collective agreements provide inclusive labor protection to migrant workers, workers in diverse work arrangements, and temporary and permanent workers. Second, the report provides a first insight into the content of these agreements, such as wages, working hours, and rest periods across very different contexts. Uh, The report finds that in addition to wages and working time, which have been the traditional bread and butter issues in agreements, employers, employers' organizations, and trade unions are making joint commitments in agreements that foster, for example, gender equality, diversity, inclusion, ensure safe workplaces, provide paid sick leave, and health benefits and address changes shaking up the world of work, for example, agreements on framework for skills development, etc. And lastly, the report looks at the role of collective bargaining during the pandemic. The report finds that where collective bargaining was an accepted practice, employers and workers use it to ensure safe workplaces, safe jobs and earnings, and safeguard business continuity.
3: For tens of millions of girls and boys, The world is a hostile place.
1: That is Susan Hopgood, the president of Education International. She was speaking to the International Summit on the Teaching Profession, the ISTP, on May 12, 2022. The theme of the conference was governments and teachers' unions working together to leave no one behind. Education International is the global union of teachers and other education workers. It represents more than 30 million union members in 172 countries. Ms. Hopgood.
3: To our colleagues and ministry and government counterparts from around the world, our sincerest appreciation for your presence. Your attendance at the highest levels of your organisations is a demonstration of real commitment to our dialogue. It has shown dedication to our shared premise – that sound education policy and improvement requires the involvement of teachers and their unions and their governments. This premise has become more self-evident each year. The pandemic isn't finished with us yet, but we already know that the most resilient education systems are the ones where teachers, school communities, and leaders and governments have learnt to innovate together, to follow the science, to follow the data, and tend to the needs of the whole child. Facing the difficult truths and taking the lead for our children's future has never been more important or required so much concerted collaborative effort. For tens of millions of girls and boys, the world is a hostile place. From the latest savage attacks of the Russian military to the relentless brutality of occupations to the seemingly endless trek of refugees, the greatest burden falls on our children. Of course, hard realities can never be made childproof, but we must take the target off the backs of the most vulnerable. Education is our hope, for our children, for our planet. This 2022 ISTP descriptor, moving forward, working together to leave no one behind, is a theme that describes our challenge. Hope requires that we learn together how crises can be confronted to make and keep students optimistic about the future. We know that elements of pessimism, isolation and despair in our students can be traded for optimism when facts replace falsehoods and a sense of agency replaces despair. Our focus on the role of teachers and governments working together to secure a sustainable future gives us the opportunity to discuss how to build resilience and agency in our students. You might say we have had a head start on this week because we're familiar with the tools of the job. They should be inherent in democracies with vibrant education systems well-resourced in the public sector. Of course, nothing can be taken for granted. All around us, the lens of fact and weight of truth are increasingly distorted or tipped by the sorts of extremist partisanship cropping up In even the democratic world, lessons rewritten by those with a stake in prejudice, inequity, and yes, ignorance are not a new history. They are an old and ugly disinterment of bigotry and fascism. Like it or not, our workplaces are in a lead role of resistance against these bids for power. Our students deserve better. We know their future and the future of the world demands it, and we know that the interconnected elements of our education systems, all of us, we are the bridge. In our 2016 summit in Berlin, we discussed the crisis in refugee education extensively. We learned then the only way education systems can respond successfully is for governments to work in partnership with teachers and their unions. Putin's war on Ukraine has exponentially worsened the crisis, and provides us an urgent opportunity to address the most effective ways to collaborate in solving the practical problems before us. Now is the time to move, as they say, from inspiration to perspiration.
1: Here with his report about union events is Labour Start correspondent Derek Blackadder.
4: This week, our top story section included links to coverage of the planned national general strike in Sri Lanka, as unions there throw their considerable weight behind anti-government protests. We also carried news of the unprecedented second strike in less than a month by delivery service workers in the United Arab Emirates, a country that is hostile to worker organizing to say the least. And we had coverage of the efforts being made to support and protect Afghan union activists. For our Working Women page, our volunteers found stories about the struggles of workers in jobs that are almost exclusively performed by women in India, a survey of the experiences of women union leaders in Australia, and why nurses in New Zealand are flabbergasted, that's their union's word, at sexist changes to that country's immigration rules. A small sample of the stories appearing on our health and safety page in Newswire this week includes a report on new research indicating that many public buildings in the United Kingdom contain dangerous levels of asbestos, the death of a journalist in Palestine, an increase in the number of workplace assaults being experienced by Irish nurses, and a huge win for construction workers in Panama. We also had coverage of the 30th anniversary of a mining disaster in Canada and the deaths last week of yet more South African miners. Our current photo of the week comes to us from Iceland, where trade unions celebrated May Day with a march through the streets of Reykjavik, complete with union marching bands and banners. Labour Start hosts online solidarity actions at the request of unions around the world. This week, we'd like to highlight urgent appeals for online solidarity with trade union activists in Kazakhstan, Belarus, Pakistan, and in Lithuania. In just a few seconds, you can do your part in these struggles by sending a solidarity message. Look for details of this and other campaigns on our site. No, Bogart, you got to get out. You, you're famous enough. Go away. This is Derek Blackadder from Labor Start, reporting for Radio Labor.
1: As Derek mentioned, this is the 30th anniversary of a mining disaster in Nova Scotia, Canada. It is being commemorated as miners died in a mine in South Africa just last week. Here is Ronnie McEwen with the Westray song about the Canadian tragedy.
2: In the air straight mind
1: And that's it. Labour news you can use. You can listen to our daily newscasts and features at RadioLabor.net. I'm Mark Boulanger. Thank you for listening. And remember, it's all about global solidarity.